I'm Ryan Nidell, host of 15 Minutes to Freedom, your daily action guide to getting shit done. Today's episode is under 25. So in today's episode, I'm going to share with you a controversial viewpoint on why if you're under 25, and I'm really going to extend that to under 32, you should just go mess shit up. So I've got this friend, and this friend's name is James. James is literally brilliant. Like, when I'm around him, when I speak to him, when I share time with him, like, he's literally a brilliant individual. And this is not me, you know, giving James undue credit. Like, James is working on his, I think, PhD or master's or some sort of crazy thing in some engineering vein of life. Like, mathematics and science come so second nature to him, it's incredible. You know, James is a guy that, as he sits across from me, comes in the office from time to time, lives up north. He lives, you know, two hours north of here. He's a guy that when he comes in, I only view James through this one frame. Like, I'm holding up a frame and I'm viewing James through it. And James is somebody that is extroverted, outgoing, into fitness, just a phenomenal guy. Like, a guy that I truly feel blessed to have him in my life. Like, don't know... I do know how and why. James hit me up on social media really before the podcast. The podcast hadn't launched yet. James had been following me on, I believe, Instagram. Something in James' life compelled him to reach out to me and ask if I wouldn't mind spending some time with him. I said, of course. Admittedly, at this point, without having a podcast, without having a big social pool, you know, maybe nine or 10,000 followers on Instagram, and Lord knows the majority of those were something I'd purchased, that it felt very foreign to me. Like, why does this guy want to come down and talk to me? Because, again, I know he lives two hours north. He's going to drive down just to have lunch with me? Like, sure, I'll humor him. I'll see what it is. James and I meet at a local place called Mimi's Cafe. That's not local just to Columbus, but it's a place that's local for us. Meet and we end up spending two hours together. I learn about his business and his dreams and his aspirations, some of the shortcomings of his life, some of the things he's not so proud of. And I share a lot of things with him that are now topics from the podcast, things that I hadn't shared before, but things essentially to make him feel like he's not alone. You see, through that, James and I can say have become friends. You know, he's come down, he did one of the Murphs with me during my 30-day Murph challenge, drove down on a Saturday, might even been a Sunday, to do a Murph in the middle of the afternoon, just turn around and drive back. Like, who does stuff like that? I'll tell you who this guy named James and James is not a stage name like James that's his real name is James and so James and I are speaking this weekend you see James while he works for an engineering firm now as I shared with you James is brilliant and James has created a drone technology that will allow him and his business he's got a side business he's filed to repair high tension power lines remotely from really anywhere in the world they built the drones, they're perfecting technology that will go up and physically splice the wires, create new points that aren't faulty, like things that are so sophisticated and so advanced, I don't really fully know how to articulate it over the microphone. You know, this is James' life, and he says it so nonchalantly. This is what he does. This is his passion is over here on the side. But I'm discussing things with James this weekend, kind of just hit the nail on the head. These are James' side passions, but he doesn't want them to be side passions. He wants to do this full time, him and his business partner. You know, they built this company and have a, an employer or two, but it's all part time. It's all things on the side. Like he took Friday off work to drive down from Akron to Cincinnati to work with his partner 
to keep perfecting the technology over the course of the weekend. And so we're messaging back and forth yesterday. It's, it's Sunday. I'm recording this on a Monday afternoon. And we're going back and forth. I said, look, at some point, because he's at the point now where he needs capital. Who doesn't, right? It's a startup company. We all need capital to start. And so he's in the process of trying to raise capital. I said, look, most of the guys that I know or most of the investors that I know are going to look at this as though you have a hobby that you're looking for them to fund. You're doing something on nights and weekends, which is commendable. But you don't really have a perfected business model. I don't know that you have a use of capital. I don't know that you have some of these critical pieces along the way. And the biggest glaring red mark on your grade card is the fact that you currently don't believe enough in your process to go all in. You're not working this full time. So for me, you're asking me hypothetically for $100,000 to fund the drone project, which is probably ridiculously worthwhile. But you want me to give it to you so you can use it on the nights and weekends to eventually figure out your dream. It's not going to work. It's just not going to work. And so I encourage James to say, not even encourage him, I just bluntly ask him, like, James, what do you have right now? If you stopped working for the firm you're working for now, and you moved from Akron down to Cincinnati, and you and all members of the team all lived in one house, how much cash do you have versus your burn rate on cash to see how long it could last for? Another way to say that is essentially, if you looked at it right now and you have 10 grand in the bank and your two other partners have 10 grand in the bank, you could say you have 30 grand in the bank. If it costs you three grand a month to live and five grand a month for your employees, that's eight grand a month. You could essentially make it three and a half months without any income coming in before you'd be broke. That's what I'm looking at. See, at that point, then you have to make a calculated risk. You have to do a risk analysis and make a decision. Are you willing to go all in on your dreams, knowing that you could be broke at the end? And that's the question I proposed to him. Are you willing to go all in? Do you believe in yourself enough to jump? You know, Eric Thomas has this parachute principle. He's at least the first one I heard it from. Where we all have a parachute, and you run it towards the edge of a cliff, and you open the parachute. Or you jump out, and you open it, you know, you rip the cord, but you don't know when it's going to open and you might hit some rocks along the way, you might skin your knees, you might crack your head open, but eventually the parachute opens and it saves you from fully dying at the bottom. Like, so I'm encouraging James to go jump off the cliff. You know, sit, as I sit here in this chair, I have an incredible life. I have a beautiful wife and a great daughter, great guys around me. But if I look at my biggest regret from this point in life backwards, sure, the infidelity, the lies, all that stuff. Let's, let's put those in a box and say those are givens. But the actual biggest regret I have is not traveling, not taking more risks, not going out on my own. Like there was a point where I had six figures in the bank that I could have traveled the world, spent time in Europe, bounced around, worked different odd jobs, learned new skills, and then came back here if I wanted to settle down here. But I didn't do that. That wasn't my story. That's not what I did. And so here I have this young man, friend, someone that I have vested interest in seeing succeed, that I'm encouraging from my jaded viewpoint to go all in. And who knows how much cash they have versus their, their burn rate. He still doesn't know that for sure. But in that, like that's part of a crucial conversation one has to have. Like Instead of looking at it 
from me on the outside that you're using and looking for investors to fund your passion project. Go all in on your passion project and then go find a pizza job on the weekends to barely keep yourself afloat. Like go all in with what you have. See, when you're under 25 and really when you're under 30, like that's your time to just make fucking bad decisions. That's a time to try new things. Like I would encourage you every six months, if you've got six things you want to do that you want to try out to figure out what field you want to be in for the rest of your life, go find the best place to work, cold call the living daylights out of them, move to the city, and work it for six months. What do you have to lose? See, the one thing I have at 34 versus what I didn't have at 24 is a different understanding of the world. Like I thought at 24, literally, the only thing I had on my side was time. Like I was going to live forever. And as we got in my 34th year and rounding the corner of my 35th, I understand the small amount of mortality. Obviously, losing my best friend it, you know, accelerates that a little bit. But so does just the fact of every year I now get a year closer to death, not just an arbitrary clicking of the calendar. And so if I look back at my life and what could I have done differently, I could have done a bunch of stuff differently. I was just afraid. I was afraid it wasn't going to work out. I didn't have the genius, though, and the skill set that James has. So James has something. I was a sales guy. So for me, I didn't want to create something. I just wish I would have traveled. I certainly could have went to Europe and sold cars. Could have went to Europe and been a suit salesman. I could have went to Europe and, and sold fruit on the side of the road if I would have got to experience a new part of the world. But I didn't. I stayed at home. And so why does all this stuff matter, right? Like, okay, here's this great story about James who's got this phenomenal idea that eventually is going to become incredibly wealthy and change the world. Like he's literally going to streamline the processes of every cell phone tower, high-tension power line company anywhere on the planet. He's going to do so by creating drone technology that actually, it, he already has it. It charges off the high-tension power lines. So as long as he's traveling in the direction of the lines, the drones can fly forever. Hey, think of that. Like, the drones can literally fly forever. Like, he's going to do things that advance the way we operate as a, as a society. If he goes all in. Because even just look at the time value of himself, not even of money. If he's working no more than 10 hours a week, call it even 16. Give a shit, call it 20. Because he's working nights and weekends trying to put his dream together versus working 90 plus hours a week for every one week that passes by, he will have essentially worked five. So for every one month he works, he works 20. Like it's crazy to think of the run rate of success that happens if he goes all in. It matters because there's so many times in life where we just don't go all in, especially at a young age, out of fear. But that fear is really something that's been impressed upon us. And we're not born inherently with fear in our heart. It's something that our parents teach us. It's something that society teaches us. It's something that our friends teach us. Like we were nomadic creatures in some capacity. Like we've created these social confines of buildings to protect us and cell phones to communicate and the internet and all these things that we really don't need. They're conveniences. And I'm certainly not saying I'm going to go live in a teepee and give up everything that I have. Just your fact of if you are in that age range where you don't yet have a child and you're not yet married, why aren't you going all in? 
If you have something that's tugging at you that hard, why aren't you taking that action? You don't have anything to lose. You're going to lose the time anyways. So what, you work in corporate America until you're 35? I'll say 34, 35 like I am. Then look back and say, well, now I have a wife and a kid, but I got some money saved up. Now I can try. Bullshit. Not going to happen. Like the way I view money is completely different. Like I'm not going to take that risk. I'll bet on myself. I'll bet on success. But knowing I have a wife that's depending on me and knowing that I have a child that needs me, I can't have the same amount of risk I had five years ago. It's just not possible. So the lesson to be gathered out of this is that we all have a finite amount of time to make decisions to catapult our life forward or to keep us stagnant where we're at. You see, these decisions have to get made and are going to get made either way. Whether you make the decision to jump or you make the decision to stay, there is a decision that's made. And that decision, as scary as it might sound, is going to shape and dictate the outcome of your life for the next finite number of years. So as Gary Vaynerchuk often says, he swears up and down he talks to old people all the time and asks them their view on life. And none of them wish they would have worked more. They all wish they had done something different. You know, the regret as he would call it. Now, admittedly, I don't talk to enough old people to know how many of them actually regret things. I'm going to take his word for it. Assuming that that is true, assuming that there's that massive regret for most elderly people that are facing their mortality, that the end of their life, even if only half of that is true, why wouldn't you go try what you want to try right now? The lesson to be learned here is that you only have one trip around, I'll call it the sun, Not really true, I get it, but you only get one go at this. And you waste your whole life hoping that something magically is going to happen to force you into a situation to step into your greatness. I don't know that that really happens. See, great rewards are almost always going to come on the backside of great risk. And I don't know a bigger risk than quitting your job and going all in on your dream. So you could always find the bullshit job. You can always go be a pizza delivery man. You can always go bag groceries. You can always go be a convenience store clerk. And there's nothing wrong with those jobs. There's nothing to talk down to on those jobs, but those jobs exist. They're not specialized trades. Those are jobs that you typically can have after 5 o'clock in the evening. So in your life right now, where are you playing it safe? Where is it that you could do something bigger than you're doing, but you're just afraid to do it from fear that you didn't even rightfully take on? From fear that was oppressed upon you from someone else? Obviously, in this whole episode, we've been discussing the work quadrant, the business quadrant of your life. Like maybe right now you're afraid to take that jump and step off the ledge and quit your job and go all in on the dream that you've had. Because the security of a paycheck every two weeks cripples you into making the same decisions. If the worst thing you have to do is move back in with your parents, eat ramen noodles, but you get to try to fulfill your dream, is that really so bad? Maybe that place is in your body. You know, Maybe you're afraid to really go out on that ledge and start to try to lose the weight you've always wanted to lose. Like I get it. Things are uncomfortable. If you haven't been in the gym before and you haven't spent time working out and you don't know anything about nutrition, it's a scary landscape where everybody tells you there's a magic bullet to fix the problem. 
I'm going to let you in on a secret. There is no fucking magic bullet. The magic bullet is going to come from consistency. It's going to come from eating less calories than you, than you burn. It's going to come from learning how to lift weights the right way and probably doing a little cardiovascular activity. But it's scary if someone can't help you navigate those waters. Same thing in a relationship. You know, maybe you were like me and just scared to death to hurt somebody. Scared to death to step away, knowing that you might have to break up the relationship you have now, to spread your wings, to quit the job, to go move somewhere else. But your fear is that you're not going to find someone better. I tell you, if your heart's tugging at you to go somewhere else and try something more and be something more, and you have an anchor that's holding you back, you're going to have to cut the rope. If not, you're going to resent the shit out of that anchor. So at the end of the day, if you're willing to take stock of your life and figure out what's holding you back, what are the limiting factors, then make decisions around changing them. Once you make those decisions, you'll find out that every day you get shit done.